Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. He's been gone, well, be 18 years in March. You go from headed to medical school to heading to prison. It was almost incomprehensible. It was hard. He wasn't here for a lot of stuff. It is a weight lifted off your shoulders. And now he's going to be home and safe. They granted it and they can't take it back. They can't take it away. It still seems like a dream. Like I said, he's, he's been turned down so many times. It is going to be a ride. President Obama decided to relook at your case and he granted you clemency today. Back in February, we brought you the story of Aaron Glasscock. He'd just been released from prison in rural Manchester, Kentucky. Aaron served 18 years for a nonviolent drug offense. And then Aaron became one of nearly 2,000 Americans to receive clemency from President Obama. The takeaway met Aaron on the day of his release back in February. He was heading to a transitional home in Louisville and on the cusp of a new life. He was 40 years old and starting all over again. Congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Get the back. Back? Yep. You All sure? Back. You want him in the back or? I want him in the back but me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's now been nine months since Aaron's release. Takeaway producer Dana Roberson went down to Kentucky last month to meet with Aaron and his mom, Pigeon, to find out how they've been coping in his first months of freedom. It's a cold and windy November day in Louisville, Kentucky. Thanksgiving is still a week away, but the airwaves are already filled with holiday tunes. Light 106.9, Louisville's original Christmas music station. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. On my way to Aaron's aunt's house, where Aaron has been staying... I passed the transitional facility where he was placed after his release from prison nine months ago. On that day, back in February, Aaron only had a few hours to make the 170-mile drive to the halfway house. And after 18 years in prison, he had just minutes to gather with his family on the sidewalk in front before he was sent inside. I have one question. Uh Oh, one question. Do you know how to dab? No, it's I a don't. new oh, cool all right. thing. All right, let's it do it. It is a new cool thing. Okay, so you do this. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Okay. We're going to walk into the door. He said we can drop him off. We're going to drop him off at the door. For Aaron, that day was a blur. I was just super excited to be able to get out, you know, from Manchester and and I already had in my mind what I, you know, I was going to the halfway house. So just, you know, from years of visits to see mom and family and and friends, they they leave. So you sort of get used to it. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm used to having to, to go back in. Aaron was sentenced to at least two months in a halfway house and an additional five years of probation. Aaron's mom, Pigeon, was used to visiting her son when he was in prison, driving two hours each way, every week. But when it got to the halfway house, it felt harder. Oh, my goodness. We left him there, and that was hard. But he was able to get to a phone later on, and um, he called and 
let me know that he was okay. Maybe okay, but those first few hours didn't exactly go smoothly. They didn't give him a tour of the place and tell him where anything was. He went out to find a restroom. Uh, one of the other inmates came to find him because he had gone in the women's. That was the only one he saw. And I thought, you know, that was really kind of bad, leave you in a room and not show you where a bathroom was. But, you know, that's my opinion. I mean, they finally they gave me a tour after, after I'd already went to the wrong bathroom. So <laughs> a little late, but they did, you know, I did finally get the tour. Aaron's stay at the halfway house? was a blink of an eye compared to the nearly 20 years he spent in prison. But in Pigeon's estimation, this was a worse experience. His uh, pro officer, he told me before that his hardest time of 18 years would be in that halfway house. And I'll have to agree with him. Maybe two weeks before I got out, they finally started letting guys have smartphones. Um... Which actually, I mean, ultimately benefited them because they can put, uh, as a part of it, they put like a tracking thing on there. So whenever you get to your location or whatever, you call in, but you had the camera on, almost like FaceTime, I guess, and it would see where you're at. I mean, and I was thankful for, you know, that it was only two months after being there for a little bit. So just you're just so, so restricted. It's, it's like... You're on the verge of freedom, but you're not. In a lot of ways, there was less freedom. There was no outside, and you had to have a pass to go to the barber shop, to go shopping. And if there's family that don't let the family in enough, there's not enough, I don't know how you put it, um, guidance and care caring i i can see it from both sides i mean i can understand you know you know family's frustration my mom's frustration of seeing it but i've also because i've had to deal with it you know every step of the way and see the ones that really you know tried to help or they've tried to help and people have taken advantage of it and then it makes them um bitter so i mean i i've seen it both ways From Pigeon's perspective, his comings and goings with little to no guidance worried her. They are so green. They can get in a bad situation fast. And that's why it was the hardest. It was the hardest time is because knowing that I couldn't be here when they would let him out like that. He was on his own and we couldn't do anything about it. For Aaron... It was different. You know, I was I wasn't as much worried about where I was at because I I mean I've been to places that are just as rough, but for me it was being worried about making sure I made it back on time so that I wouldn't get in trouble. That was where my all my anxiety came from. Was okay, well, if I don't make it back then they're gonna send me, you know, you know, back to prison and then then what? I'd always, you know, I'm from a small town, so we don't have public transportation. So I didn't know exactly, you know, how it, how it worked. I didn't have a, a schedule. So it, for me, it was, you know, mostly anxious about, okay, well, I got to I gotta be there at this time. Were you ever late? Uh, no. I was always way early just because I was afraid to be late. I didn't, you know. 
Pigeon says she was grateful to see him on the outside, but it's been baby steps for Aaron in feeling comfortable with his newfound freedom. He got to uh, come out for a little bit, you know, like for visits and when we had to take him shopping. Um, it was hard at times watching him because you, you know, you, you know that they're struggling and uh, I know he got frustrated. I could tell it. It was really different, and you could tell. Tomorrow, out of the halfway house, Aaron adjusts to life without restrictions, a new job, and a chance to catch up on some of the little things in life that he's missed. Oh, you're getting both tires off the ground, so you're coming up off the ground. I'm Dana Roberson for The Takeaway. You can hear more of our series following Aaron Glasscock. That's on our website at thetakeaway.org slash lifeafterprison. And that's our show today. We always want to hear from you. So give us your take at 8778-MY-TAKE. You can always tweet us at The Takeaway. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the shortest day of the year. I'm Todd Zwillick. This is The Takeaway. The Takeaway.